Hello and welcome to Insights, a podcast from Understanding Society, the study that captures life in the UK in the 21st century. Understanding Society is a longitudinal survey. Every year we ask each member of thousands of the same households across the UK about different aspects of their life. In each episode of this series, we're exploring how our data has been used in a key area. We'll look at what we found, what it tells us and what we can learn from it. I'm your host, Chris Coates, and in this episode we're looking at the people the survey couldn't function without, our participants. I'm talking to our survey data officer, Nicole James, about her research into who answers surveys every time and who drops out. Um, So, Nicole, your interest is in how panel surveys work and in the work that goes on behind the scenes to make sure our sample reflects the UK's population. Yeah, so my interest in panel surveys started off from my master's, which I did in survey methods. And then I started working for Understanding Society on the data team. So this gave me insight on how panel surveys work and starting from the process of designing the questionnaire to uh, when the data is released. I then started my PhD in survey methodology and I used the Understanding Society data to understand non-response and attrition. Right, because we interview people every year and we want them to respond every year so that we build up that longitudinal data. Yeah, so when I'm talking about non-response, I'm generally referring to wave non-response and that's where a sample member doesn't respond in a particular wave. And attrition is when they initially participate. In a general population survey, the sample intends to reflect the UK population. So analysts can get an idea of different topics such as health, income, employment, that affect the population and can change over time. When sample members don't respond, the sample size decreases, and sometimes this can affect the accuracy of the analyses done on the data. And sample members may not respond for a number of reasons. They just might not want to. They might move out of the scope of the survey, so moving abroad. They may have health issues. They may have moved house. They may be not contactable for a number of reasons, or they may have died. And this means that non-response is unavoidable, especially for a study like this one that spanned over 30 years when you include the British Household Panel. And it's very unlikely to get all of the sample members to respond at every single wave. So there are a number of ways that survey managers or analysts might mitigate these effects of attrition. They might find ways to encourage people to participate, or they might use correction methods in their analyses. And to help with this, we need to understand how people respond, who responds, and who drops out. So what did we know about attrition before you started? So in general, the consensus is that attritors tend to be young, single, from ethnic minority backgrounds, renters, those who live in flats, basically people who tend to be harder to access because of their age or because of the types of jobs that they have. So they may not be available for the interview or they may live in places that are harder to access. One of the main issues is that these studies focus on what we call monotone attrition, looking at respondents versus attritors, treating the first instance of non-response as attrition. In reality, response in a longitudinal survey is more complicated. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are dropping out of the survey completely. So we call this non-monotone attrition because they may respond again, they're not completely out of the survey. And I think you looked at quite a lot of years of data. Yeah, with Understanding Society, there was a predecessor survey, the British Household Panel Survey. That started in 1991 and finished in 2008. And then Understanding Society started in 2009. 
but in 2010, they invited sample members from the BHPS to join the Understanding Society survey. So at the time I worked on this paper, I had 26 waves of data with about 9,000 people in the sample. My aim was to find patterns in their response behaviours. And I also focused on those who were considered loyal, people who completed full interviews for the entire 26-year period, just to see what we could learn about them. So what did you find? I used a method called latent class analysis that allows you to create categories based on response patterns. I found seven classes of the respondents. The first class were a group of loyal respondents who had completed every single interview in the 26-year period, and this was 3,000 people. Then I had three classes that showed groups of people who responded for a while and then ended up dropping out completely out of the survey. The other three classes were people who responded intermittently, so those non-monotone attritters. These were the groups that you wouldn't be able to identify with if you use traditional methods to analyse attrition. So while I'll never know the exact reason why each person chose to respond and chose not to respond, some of the patterns I found painted an interesting picture. Of the three classes that were non-monotone attritters, two of them had really interesting patterns that I didn't expect. The first one started off declining in response until halfway through the BHPS survey and then gradually started responding again. So I called this group the gradually nudge class as it seemed that something was encouraging them to start responding again, but the effect was gradual. The second group, the response started off quite high, then halfway through the BHPS survey, it rapidly continued to decline. But then when they were invited to join the Understanding Society survey, there was a sharp increase. So I called this class the abruptly nudge class, as the nudge was clearly related to being invited to join the Understanding Society survey. Okay, and so what kinds of people did you find in these groups? The lower class tended to be much older than the other classes. They had higher levels of formal education. They were less likely to be from ethnic minority backgrounds. They were more likely to have fewer people in the household and less likely to have reported house moves. Those who responded intermittently had more in common with those who were loyal than those who had dropped out. However, there was still a clear distinction between those who had dropped out completely and those who responded intermittently. One example of this I found was those from ethnic minority backgrounds. They were more likely to be in these intermittent classes than in the loyal class, and specifically the nudge class. Another finding was that the combination of age, being retired, and lower self-reported health told me that pensioners were more likely to be loyal in the survey while they're still able to. So they're less likely to refuse to participate. And if they don't participate, it's unfortunately due to them not being physically able to or because of death. So overall, what what can we do with, with this knowledge? This tells us that it's important to look beyond the traditional methods of analysis focused on the monotone approach, respondents versus those who are trit. Most surveys, like Understanding Society, allow participants to miss waves without being completely removed from the sample. So it's important for the attrition analysis to reflect this. We can also use what we've learned about these classes to test targeted intervention techniques, and this could be helpful to encourage people to participate. Some of these intervention techniques might include survey incentives. So in Understanding Society, participants receive a voucher for participating. This can also include um, getting reminders to participate in the survey. And from what I said before about those with ethnic minority backgrounds are more likely to be in that nudged group. 
this is a form of a nudge, a reminder. So if that's tested, we can see whether that works or not. So this overall, this would help us to see which intervention techniques may work and overall increase the participation in the survey. And the greater participation we have, especially from some of the more difficult to reach groups, that helps to make sure that the survey is still representative. Yeah, representative of the population for people who analyse the data. My thanks to Nicole. You can find out more about how researchers use the data from Understanding Society by visiting our website, understandingsociety.ac.uk. Thank you for listening, and remember to subscribe wherever you receive your podcasts.